and welcome to the podcast. Today I'm talking with Jeff Lerma from JLA Accountants. Uh, Jeff runs a small accounting practice in North London. Been working with SMEs and owner-led uh, businesses up to the mid-market size for years. Uh, and Jeff and I first connected on LinkedIn a while ago now. And he really caught my attention because he's a, a bit of a tax specialist. And what he doesn't know about tax doesn't seem to be worth knowing. So, uh, Jeff, I've, I've stolen that from you already. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us how you really like to be positioned and a bit of your expertise and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Um, the, the, we, we began the practice, the practice began about 17 years ago because there was an absolute need for, for, for the smaller businesses to get joined up thinking, joined up advice. So it wasn't just around, it was around tax, but also around the, how the whole thing fits together. So although we are, we specialize in tax and that's the first, our first point of call and where we add the most amount of value, we give a complete service. And the reason for that is, I want to be a single point of responsibility. If we're going to do something, I don't want us to start discussing with other accountants. We, we want to hold your hand through the entire process. And we, it, it's great to see, we, we take clients on board and we see them grow and develop and become great businesses and, and exit at the right time. And that's really, and that's why we, 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 we were set up. Brilliant. So what's a typical client journey look like for you and uh, the way you talk, work through with them? Typically, we, we, don't, we don't start with brand, often we don't start with brand new businesses and new startups, simply because the requirements of that business are very much sort of hands-on bookkeeping, this, down the other. And we're not, and often very, very fee conscious. That's not really an ideal client base. What people come to us when they've been through that process and started to make a bit of money and actually realize uh, there's more to it than just, you know, getting, getting your books done sort of effectively. And, and it's all about adding value. So we, we would take on someone typically when they're starting to make sort of some excess profits, profit, when I say excess, more than the owners are using to spend. Um, and then we help structure them. We look at what, we look at sort of three aspects of their life. We look at what they're spending personally, how much it's costing them to live. Now that number yeah, I, I, don't, I don't judge. That number varies between £2,000 a month and £40,000 a month. Yes, we have three clients who spend £40,000 a month. I have no idea what they spend it on, but, but that's fine. And we will come up with a remuneration structure that works around that in the most cost-effective way. Once we've got that bit sorted out, we look at their company and, and look at ways of, in effect, reducing the amount of, sort of potentially corporation tax in that company, looking at R&D tax credits, looking at recognition of income, looking at how expenses are accounted for and see if we, and, and sort of helping in that. And the third aspect, they would look, once, once we've, we sort out their sort of personal life and once we sort out their company, typically we're talking business with surplus profits. So we structure them in such a way that those surplus profits are used, but, not, but used in a cost-effective way. So instead of actually extracting funds at potentially 50% or maybe higher, actually extracting funds maybe via a pension scheme, maybe buying a, via a small self-administered scheme, maybe via a separate investment company, and helping that bit work right. Because we then are going to use an expression which accountants will never use. We like to put businesses in flow. Once they're in flow, they know what they're doing. They're making a certain amount of profit. They're taking a certain amount of profit to live. 
and then they're investing a certain amount of profit. And if they're paying less tax, it simply means they're living exactly the way they want to live. They're not, they're not spending less. They're spending exactly what they want to spend. But there's more money available for investment, for taking out and taking out in a, in a, in a sensible way. So the path would be, or the journey will be, is we'll listen to where they are, absolutely listen, absolutely understand what they're, where, where they are, what's important to them, and then create a structure that allows them to, to grow and develop. And then as they hit certain profit marks, certain other things will come in. Um, sometimes, you know, there's been a sort of, a lit, I'm going to say a fashion, but it might be the wrong word. We've had a number of clients who've wished to enhance their existing businesses by buying additional businesses. So we've helped them structure that in an efficient way. All about it's all about investment. It's all about ring fencing as well. You know, we're we're in a we're in a litigious culture. Uh, it's getting more litigious. So very much about whenever you're taking your investments, you're taking the money that you've made, taking it outside of the risk of your business and ring fencing it and putting it into something else and then using that for investment purposes. So it's that it's that sort of journey path, including the final bit of the journey is, is, is where they need to exit the business. Now there's lots of different ways of doing that and there's lots of the, the right ways of doing that, but the exit is is completely natural. Now sometimes that might be closing it down, sometimes it might be selling, yeah, there's, there's not, it's, there are so many different, it might be selling to its own team. There are so many things you can do, but you want to listen to what they want and, and, and help them achieve exactly what they want. Make their, you know, we've got the, you know, accountants have got amazing skills. We've got amazing knowledge. And, and as, a, as, a, as a potential, as a, as a profession, we spend our time, time looking at our shoes and not telling people what we should be telling them. And I, and I don't accept that. I really want to, I'm here to make a difference and I'm here to really help businesses. Fantastic. So, I just noticed, and, and as I would expect, that you're talking about identifying the profit for, for businesses and how to, I guess, make use of that profit. And when you, you've got this surplus profit, which is exactly what every business owner is, is looking to achieve, it's just going, what's the best way to manage that profit, you know, to, to build the wealth of the business owner? And also, I imagine, to reinvest in the business and keep growing the asset value of the business, uh, depending on the, the final objective, the end in mind, if you like, of what they want to do. Because uh, it, what I found is that a lot of business owners just aren't even aware of the, the, the number of options available to them. They learn, you know, they, they start their business, they learn how to run a business, they learn how to grow a business, and they, they get off the tools, so to speak. They stop being the expert in their profession and they learn how to run a business. They spend all their time learning to do that, but they've, they've never really invested any time or effort in how to exit and, what, and understanding what the options are because for most of them, they're only ever going to do it once. And it's so far off, um, you know, they, they're often just not thinking about it. So you're working with them, focusing, so it's tax as a starting point. And what I really loved about what I heard you say is, you know, and this could be just me translating, but look after their wealth outside of their business as well as inside their business. And the thing that I've noticed about business owners who have the wealth outside of their business and they know exactly where they stand from that perspective is that they become calmer business leaders because they know that all of their eggs are no longer just in their one business basket, which means that they can focus, you know, they can take high, you know, risk, the, the risk they take in their business is not everything to them. 
It is just a calculated measured risk and they can do it without emotion and fear. And they can make that, that risk assessment objectively and they just become better leaders in their business. Absolutely. When that, when that pressure is taken on, so they make certain investments and I say maybe they're spending, I'll pick a number, £10,000 a month. When they've removed enough, and then when they've created a, enough independent assets that are giving them that amount of income, they've, in effect, reached financial independence. They're then running their business because they want to run their business. They're yeah. doing it how they want to do it. And suddenly their mindset changes. In fact, often they just want to, they, they enjoy it more because they're exactly, there isn't a risk about it. Because if that doesn't work, it doesn't matter because they've got safe income coming in anyway. And yep. it just, you say, it makes them better business leaders and actually just makes them happier because you are, you're, you're, you know, once you've got that financial independence, you're, that, that's, that's what everybody wants. Absolutely. And, and they're doing it. It's, you know, there's a saying out there that it's not about the money. It's never about the money. And when you see that transition, you know, they, they start and it's about the money to begin with because the money, they've just got to have the money to, to cover all their, all their um, uh, responsibilities. But once that's clear, you can see that they're, they're back engaged and they're focused on their vision. They, they can become cause driven, but they're focused on the job they're doing and they're, they're getting the satisfaction out of doing it and learning and growing as individuals. Um, when you see a business at that stage of evolution, I, I personally find it satisfying the most because you can have the most impact on them and, and you learn uh, a lot from those people as well. Absolutely. It's about, and I, I, was, I was talking to a, a, a rich list chap, um, and he, it was always, it's always about the journey. It's not about the destination. It's the journey. It's the fun getting there. It's it's making those decisions. But when you've got when you've got your when you've got your risk, you've got your back to cover. Isn't it? It's one of those savings. You know what what could you achieve if you know you couldn't go wrong? And it's like that, isn't it? Because yeah. you can't go wrong because you're already covered. So it, it it just it absolutely just frees people up. And what we do is allow that number, allow that allow people to be in a position of of, of financial independence earlier because if we can reduce by reducing their tax rate it allows more savings to be generated which puts them into that position quicker so yeah. it's a really it's a really you know we are absolutely adding massive value to, to people not just from a financial point of view which is that but also from a sort of mental freedom point of view peace of mind yeah absolutely yeah so jeff in the clients you're working with what are the problems that you see coming up again and again and again that you're constantly solving and, and I guess you've become, you know, second nature to you guys solving all the time. The, the, the problem we often see is that, you know, if, if I were to stack up every piece of tax legislation on an A, A4 piece of paper, it will probably reach, you know, in, in sort of piece of paper laying down, it will probably reach about three and a half foot high. There is an enormous amount of legislation and there's an enormous amount of uncertainty you know it's 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 you know it's tough running a business why on earth am i going to expect you to know tax inside out why am i expect our clients to know that so we can sort of go in and use our expertise to to help them and i wouldn't expect them to know it and it and no it's not sort of written about it's not there aren't sort of textbooks about this is the most efficient way of running a business there's there's bits of tax advice but there's not that holistic whole advice of bringing it all together and that's what we do um and it just 
and it just works. Uh, you know, helping people, you know, say, say, make more money or pay less tax. You know, pay the right amount of tax. We're not, uh, we don't, I don't do anything aggressive because, frankly, I need to sleep at night, and so do my clients. But just use the right structure. You know, you can run a business in two different ways, and one way you can legitimately pay. I don't know, 10% tax, and one that you can legitimately pay about 56% tax. I'm not saying one's right or another. It's the, potentially the same business, but if it's run in the right way, it makes a massive difference. So all we're saying is there's certain things available, there's certain anomalies, and we're just using that to help people, help people sort of put, 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 them, put them in the right, in the right place. Um, to get in the right structures, right. Now, I, I don't recall if it was a conversation that I had with you earlier, but I remember a conversation I had with an accountant once and he said, hey, look, Daryl, one of the issues is I work with a client and I, and I work with them over a number of years and when they first come to me, they ask me to set up this business and help them to get their business started and they tell me, they give me the direction, I want to pay as little tax as possible. So I set their business up and I structure it in the way so they pay as little tax possible. Now, some of them, as they're going through and growing their business, they, they invest and they realize that their mindset shifts from, I'm no longer just making an income. I can see that my business is an asset and my business has value. I need to, I need to change the brief I gave my accountant and I need to start you know, thinking of this as an asset. How do I make this an asset you know, rather than a tax effective structure? And, and I think it was you who was telling me that, that that's the advice you give your clients. You, you guide them as to when they need to make that change in their structure. Um, whereas a lot of clients, they just go through and they get to the end and they, they want to sell their business and they realize that it's not worth as much because it's been geared up and, and they've run it as, as basically an income vehicle for, for most of their, their career. No, absolutely. The, you know, a business's, a business's journey is not... Is not you know, what you start at the beginning and what you end up with are completely different. Your objectives are completely different. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes, if you know, in order to sell your business for the right amount of money, you need to show it in its best possible light. You need to be, I don't know, boastful, but if it's making a good amount of money, you need to evidence that. There's no point in me saying, fine, I can, I can save you whatever it is, £50,000 worth of tax. Oh, but by the way, I've just knocked... Eight hundred thousand pounds off the value of your business. That's I wouldn't have done a very good job for that. So the whole point is this constant communication. So we build and we act for people. It may be meeting once a year. It may be meeting less than that. But the ability that if to, to ability to chat other clients we see regularly. Sometimes we see clients each month. Sometimes each quarter. Listening to what they're doing and structuring them right. And that structure changes constantly. There isn't a there isn't a one size fits all, and there isn't a one size fits all for the company forever. That will be ridiculously naive. What we need to do, and what we do in our in our in our in our quotations, is budget that because you need to be able to have that thinking time. So we have for each client, it's, clients wouldn't be aware of this. We have a specific tax plan but that's held on a particular database, so we know exactly what we're doing, and by constant communication, that plan gets adapted. Now, if there's a business for sale, there are always certain expenses the business incurs that are, despite the fact they're business deduction, which they absolutely are, a new acquirer wouldn't need to spend that money. So it may well be they're typically taking people for a box at Arsenal, whatever it's going to be. Now, that's fine. It's a business deduction or it's a business expense anyway. Um, that's fine. But a new acquirer wouldn't need to do that. So we would always have a, have a sort of 
at least we can take it from the nominal ledger what those expenses are. So from any ABAC calculation, we can go back years and say, actually, the reported profit was this, the actual profit is this, but simply because that's how the owners chose to spend the money. And it's all, there's nothing, you know, the fact is I make, I, I, I figure that's, that that's an entertainment expense. Maybe think about a pension cost. It may well be, you know, the owners are consistently taking out £100,000 a year pension contribution. It's absolutely fine, but we need to isolate that. Yeah. That needs to be shown. So from any ABAC schedule, we need to, we need to, we need to show that. When, when, when the important thing is to sell the business. Not always, that's not always the objective. We know that objective when you talk to people. Yeah. Sometimes it's an objective to take the business on to the next generation or to systemize it or make it work properly. What, 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 you know, businesses that aren't well organized are quite stressful to operate. There's no, you don't really know what you're doing. You don't know what the challenges are and everything is new and everything is random rather than actually using a consistent approach. I know that's exactly what you do to help people with that. And it's a, it's a massively important thing to do because you're, you're adding value to the business and you're, you're just also reducing the stress of their business because, and, and I think you've told me that, you know, once, you, once you've been through your process of, with, with them, they actually fall back in love with their business. This business that was, was completely onerous and horrible and actually, wait a minute, I've got a really good business here. <laughs> Now that's that's fantastic. Going you know, going through the process with with you, whatever. It just it, it does make people fall back in love with their business. And and it, and sometimes you have the opportunity to say, I, with one of our clients, we were looking to exit, and we realised actually the right thing wasn't. It, we we weren't going to get proper value on a trade sale. It, 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 there was various reasons why that wasn't going to happen. But the recruitment of a right managing director was exactly what that business needed. And, and actually that business has gone from strength to strength by recruiting that at the right time. Now, X number of years later, actually that makes their business saleable because suddenly the owners aren't running it, that's much more powerful. But also they make a decision actually, is it worth keeping? Because the amount of money they're, they're making for, for a fairly modest return. Now they're still chairman, they're still you know, making sure the business goes in the right direction so it's not zero effort. There's no, I don't, I, I'm a big, I'm a, I really dislike the word passive. There's a, there's a lot of sort of people write about uh, passive income is good. I don't think there's any such thing as passive income. Even if you've got money in a building society account, it's not passive. You still want to make sure the building society is, is safe. You haven't got more than the, whatever it is, 85,000 in it. But you haven't, um, you're getting the highest rate of interest. But it, well, not, there is, I don't think there's anything passive about what we do because I think that, that puts a degree of, uh, of, of onerous away from us. And I think we need to be responsible for our stuff. But actually, it doesn't mean to be an enormous amount of time. We just need to be on it. Yeah, so you're doing it behind the scenes. You're not passive and, yeah, yeah. and it's planned and, and uh, thought through. <clears throat> so it's proactive just behind the scenes, I yeah. think yeah. you're saying. Yeah, brilliant. So you're working with business owners, you're, you're guiding them through their, their journey, you're working with them to make sure they've got their structures are evolving as they grow their business and, and they're still congruent or aligned to their, their, their end in mind, their goal, their vision. You know, often business owners want to leave a legacy. Um, so what are some of the biggest mistakes that uh, you've, you've seen business owners make and, uh, and business owners are all pretty similar and... Uh, you know, as much as we all like to think our businesses are unique, I'll bet uh, you see a whole lot of common mistakes that uh, they all make. Yeah, the, the biggest mistakes are, are probably around not, they, they make it, they've made a decision to do something, whatever that is, build a, you know, take their money and build a 
property portfolio, whatever it's going to be. They made a decision to do that, and they've acquired the knowledge to do it, but they haven't looked at the tax issues associated with it. So, so I can, I can, we can help somebody build a, build a portfolio, but if we create it in, in a way that is structured, that is, although it's controlled, it's outside of their estate for inheritance tax purposes, that makes a massive difference. So if someone's got, a, I'll pick a number, they've got a one million pound portfolio, structured incorrectly, they're leaving their, they're leaving their, their, they're leaving the people in their will with a four hundred thousand pounds liability. Structured correctly, that my liability might be two hundred pounds. So it just the so the mistakes are sort of not it's sort of say from our point of view, sort of ignoring tax or not thinking about tax, um, is 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 a is, is is a big one. As far as sort of other mistakes businesses businesses make, I think it it it's it's around. The, it's around themselves and people find it massively challenging. If, they, if they're working with a business coach or working with, with someone like that, some, I just, sometimes I just cannot, I say persuade is the wrong word, I, I want clients to do it because it's the right thing for them to do. But, but sometimes they regard it as a, it's sort of, um, it's questioning their, their, their abilities to work with someone and it's so wrong. You know, there is nothing wrong with getting sensible advice from from people that know what they're doing, uh, and it's not it's not a it doesn't mean they're running a bad business. All it means is they're getting advice on specific areas. Which you know, if, if you know, we come in, it will be get, getting the tax right or getting the structure right. It, it's absolutely fine to do that, or go to you know, I've got a as you know, I've got a I've got a business coach. That's really important to me. I couldn't to have that sort of person i can bounce ideas off and, and question stuff and just sometimes if i'm feeling a bit oh not quite sure what to do having that shoulder now we offer that to our clients as well yeah if someone's if someone's not sure about something just to talk it through talk you know the, the sensible thing is although i've i've been described as a well maybe a bit wrong described as an accountant but actually sort of a businessman within an accountant sort of a um a company you know i've seen it i've seen a lot of stuff before and if I haven't seen it before personally, I've come across clients that have. We look after 600 clients. There's not, there's not much that's new. And, and spending time just saying, well, actually, Jeff, I'm thinking about doing this. Or I'm thinking about that. What do you think? Getting that, getting that sort of just stopping a little bit and saying and getting that advice, I think, is probably the biggest mistake people do. Because sometimes trying to unwind something afterwards. You know, if I'm trying to unwind a, a, a a, a personal tax portfolio, a, a property portfolio, that's a massive challenge. If it was structured right, actually it wouldn't be part of their estate assets anyway. So it, it's sort of, it, it's, that, it's that sort of, the biggest mistake I say is not, is not, is not talking things through, talking things through with your, you know, the people that influence you, talking it through with bright people. With, and don't regard that as a weakness, regard it as a strength to get that, get that advice. Yeah. So the biggest mistake is they're just not getting advice or they're just not getting it early enough. So from the, 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 the position of expertise as the accountant for the business, in an ideal world, what sort of time frame would you like to get when, when, when one of your clients is thinking, you know what, Jeff, I'm, I'm thinking I, I, I want to sell my business, I want to get out. What sort of time frame or advance notice would you uh, ideally love to get? I think we need, in an ideal world, I think we we need probably three years worth of figures. 
to get to get things in the right position, especially if people have been running a uh, maybe I'm going to use the term lifestyle or, 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 or business that's been around them and actually trying to show its value because it, it, you know, anyone can show anything for one set of accounts and it's always going to lead a bit, a bit of sort of skepticism about, oh, so, you know, one year you show profits of 50,000 pounds and next year you're showing 400,000 pounds. Then you want to sell on that multiple. It, it, it's going to be a little bit, um, well, it's, I, it would make me feel suspicious and I think it might probably other people as well. Um, but once you've got a three year trend of that, you made a re- you've actually got something that's really solid. Um, and you can't fix the figures for three years. It, it, it's, you know, in, in one year, you could, there's variation, you move things around. But over a three-year period, it's going to be very solid. And you've created, you've created something you can show that you can, you know, goes as part of a sales memorandum or is produced properly that makes a really big difference. Yeah. Three years shows something, some level of consistency and, and therefore reliability. And if we've got a pattern over the last three years, it's so much more likely that, that, that your forecast uh, and if they're in line with that, that history that they're going to be accurate yeah. which which means you'll get the price you know there'll be no chipping away at the price and uh yeah well not for that reason anyway that's right and also i found with you it's it's not about i, mean, I was talking to a client just before i thought one o'clock speaking to someone today and we got he was selling his company it's fine the person's sort of a bit mucking about a little bit and and suddenly we've got a second person interested and that is just the key, isn't it? And suddenly, right, we've got a bit of competition. It's like, okay, fine, we can now start, we can now start playing. We're going to increase the value of that business by probably 30% now because we've got, and, it, and it's all to do with the fact the original purchaser was just mucking about under COVID, making a whole load of excuses about why they're not doing stuff. And oh yeah, we want to buy you, but just like dragging the heels. And this other purchase has come out and it's just an amazing opportunity. And my client goes, this is just fantastic. I do that. I'm really happy about this. Um, and it, you know, so the competition stuff is really important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Competitive tension is always healthy, regardless of scenario. Yeah. All righty. So, so JLA, have you got anything that you guys do specifically where you, know, you, you feel that uh, you've got something special that, that, that clients like about the way you do things? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little tip here, if that's right about 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 one of the things that we've done for we've only done this for we've done it for a couple of clients but it and it, it's made a massive difference and it's the simplest thing a set of statutory accounts is a legal document it comes in and it's typed whatever it is it goes to the company's house and it's a very dull document what we what we've done with a couple of clients is actually say well that it suggests they take those accounts. And then they just take that to a graphic designer and they actually produce a chairman statement and they produce pictures around it. And suddenly, and they get it laminated and it looks like, it looks like a listed PLC set of accounts. You've got everything in there. And I know with that, we, clients have massively increased the value of their business. For what's it going to cost? I don't know, £750 worth of a bit of design work and a bit of printing work. Suddenly, can you imagine you're going to go you sell your business, you present three sets of accounts that just look like a listed PLC. That in itself has added so much value to, a, to, to sales. Um, and it's, it's really funny. People just don't expect to see it. And it's, it's the simplest thing. We take, our, we take our set of accounts. 
we send out an export to it, but, and, and they muck about with it. So it's not, it's not us showing it, but it's just, it's just the care and attention deciding to do that. And I think that's, you know, if somebody thinking about selling their business, that is just money well spent. It doesn't need to be us, anyone can do that, but it's just, it's just a really simple thing for a few hundred quid that I absolutely believe adds so many times in value. You know, the fact that the, the person that owns that business has taken the time to write a chairman's report, to get his, what I'm thinking about, where I'm taking the business. It's just brilliant. But it's brilliant, but it's simple, and it's not a big effort. So, so, that's, so that's not so for a JLA thing, but that's something that, you know, we've, 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 we've helped, helped clients with. Um, as far as our point of view, what's sort of special or what we, we do, I think it's a matter of we would always budget time to, to, to work with people and constantly look at what they're doing. Because it's really, it, it's, you know, it's, it's wrong. You know, we're not going to give the best value if we just sort of, you know, do something at the beginning and don't look at it again. And we need to budget time, for, time in for that. That doesn't mean we're horrendously expensive because we're not, but we're going to be more expensive than someone that doesn't budget that time in. But it, and also I, I'm probably, um, uh, I, I've reached this sort of stage in my, in my, in my, in my life that, I like, I like to, if I'm thinking about something that's right and I'm, I'm going to tell someone, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, and that's a very non-accountancy thing to do. Accountants don't like doing that, but I, I love doing that because I think that that is where we're adding real value. Now, if clients decide to do it or not, that's fine. That's their choice. But I know I've done the best I possibly can. I've told them what I, I've just let, ex, let them explore those opportunities. Um, I, I've, I've, I now know after enough years in this, in this profession that I'm not going to say you must do it like this because that's dogmatic and it's wrong. And, it, and I don't, and that doesn't mean I, means I don't necessarily fully understand the motives about why something's doing, someone's doing something, but at least I'm going to challenge them with options and say, okay, do this. Why don't you do it like this? The benefits of doing it like this are this. And so I'm not, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a nice position to do that because I think it, I sort of, I'm, adding, I'm adding real value. We're, we're as a practice is adding real value to do that. Yeah, I love it. So top tip there. The, the massive takeaway is if you're selling your business, first impressions count. So first impressions count, grab your, 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 your reports, your, your, your financial yeah. statements, turn them into a, a PLC style annual report and, and it creates a perception that if, if they're paying this much attention to their, their annual week, their accounts, what's the rest of the business look like? Yeah, absolutely. A massive difference. That's a massive takeaway for anyone listening to this podcast, Jeff. Um, so thanks for your time sharing uh, all those pearls of wisdom. Um, what I normally ask of, of my, my guests on the show is what's the one big piece that you want clients, you know, the one final note uh, that you want clients to remember or, or people listening to this podcast to remember? I think, yeah, accountants are in a great position to give advice. And I think work with an accountant you, that you get on with, that you know, like, and trust, and just work with them. Listen to them. Listen, you know, get your opinions across. Listen to, listen, make that a two-way conversation. And if you're working with someone with an accountant you respect, you are just going to get so much more out of them. So I think that's probably the, the, the biggest thing. Now, if it's us or somebody else, that doesn't matter. The point is, I think you should work with people that really, that, that, that help you, that listen to you, you're on the same wavelength. That trust thing is so important. So work, work, work with, with professionals, you say, know, like, and trust, I think is probably, a, it's probably the biggest, biggest takeaway or biggest thing I'd like, I'd like people to take away from this. 
that's that's a perfect ending. So thanks for that. So there you have it. Some top words of advice from Jeff Lerma, JLA, JLA Accountants in North London. Thanks for your time today, Jeff. Yeah.